Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Tony Tai and Jace Lynch. Together, Tony and Jace have co-founded Hyperdraft, a full-service document generation service. The full-service generation customizes documents based on client forms with quick and reliable results. Tony is the chief engineer of Hyperdraft, previously working as an attorney at Goodwin, Nixon Peabody, and Brian Cave. Jace is the CEO of Hyperdraft, who previously worked at Goodwin as an associate. So a very, very warm welcome, Tony and Jace. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Happy to be here. Our absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And before we dive into both of your amazing experiences and achievements to date, we do have a customary question here on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is, on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of its reality? Tony, coming to you first. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm going to get so much flack for this. Uh... I'm going to say an eight. I'm going to say an eight. Okay. No, I know. Oh, I know. It's a hot take. I know. We can, we can, we can spend the entire time talking about my take on that at some point in time. But uh, yeah. Okay. That's my take. Okay. Jace, are you sticking with a high number? Oh, I'm going to go three at the most. I practice in California. No one is wearing a suit. If you're wearing a suit, you're in trouble. Oh, come on now, dude. I got yelled at for not wearing a tie. <laughs> you and I. I don't know where you work, but that is, that's not my vibe. That is not my journey. Okay. <laughs> well, we will average it out at about five and a half, which I think is probably about right. So, uh, But thank you so much both for, for joining us today. But let's start at the beginning, like we always like to with our guests. Could you talk us through your career journeys and tell us a little bit about your backgrounds? Tony, would you like to go first? Yeah, no, happy to. Um, so my background's a little bit odd um, because I, well, first off, uh, this is my second, or it was my second career being in the legal field. My first career was as a software engineer. Um, and then I realized, no joke, this is, I realized how much I was paying lawyers. So my thought process was if I go to law school, I'll save on legal bills. Um <laughs> not doing enough research on how much law school costs (laughs) (laughs) and how long it took. And so I actually had zero intention of practicing law, but so started as software engineer, went to law school so I could avoid paying legal bills and then became a lawyer um, and was a M&A and and venture finance attorney for a number of years, both at a law law firm and and in-house at at companies. Um, And then, yeah, we started, we started Hyperdraft. So now I'm here. Yeah. And thanks so much for, for sharing that. And I know you've been some incredible parts of your journey, super successful, but Jace, tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Mine's uh, I did not have an engineering background and decide I wanted to uh, no longer pay lawyers. I wanted to be paid as a lawyer. <laughs> um, so I, um, I worked for the university I went to law school at. So I decided to, uh, you know, working one job isn't enough. I should also go to law school on top of it. Um, went through, um, I, my school was in the middle of Silicon Valley. So there was all this tech happening around me. So, uh, when I, when I left, I was looking for a firm that was really tech oriented. Um, and that's how I ended up at Goodwin. So my practice really focused on, um, emerging companies and venture capital work. And then a lot of that on the other side were, um, a lot of, um, tech mergers and acquisitions. Um, and then that is, I think my second month into it is when I met Tony, uh, on, and then we basically, Every single deal I had, 
was with him. My partner mentor at one point was like, you know, you can work with t- attorneys other than Tony. You know that, right? <laughs> and I told her, I'm like, have you told Tony that? You should, you should, J- Jace, you should share <laughs> when we first met what I said to you. Cause it was, um, it was a bit uh-huh. aggressive and Rob, I just want to preface this. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it this way. I just, <laughs> in my head, I was like, I'm super busy. So I only have enough time to train one or two associates. And I knew I was going to leave to, to do this venture anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm not going to spend a ton of time training 15 different associates. So I only have time for two. And Jace was one of the unlucky few that fell into my, <laughs> well, I don't know, target. Well, that, staffing request. Well, that segues nicely because I was actually going to say, how did you meet and where did the interest for sort of hyperdraft uh, stem from? So mm-hmm. Jace, take it on. Yeah. Uh, so I, it was my second month as a, at the firm, second month as an attorney, you know, just didn't even know uh, what anything was or who anyone was. Get a staff request. Hey, do you want to join this financing? The senior on it is um, Tony Tai down in Santa Monica. And I'm like, sure. Um, and, you know, he talks to me. He's like, hey, listen, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, I don't have a whole lot of time on my hands. I only have, like Tony said, I only have time to train one or two associates. Um, if I train you, it's an investment and you need to work with me. Like basically, I mean, I don't think he said forever, but it's basically, you need to work with me forever. You need to stick with me because I'm not wasting my investment. And of course, like I'm young and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm allowed to say no. So that kicked off that, that relationship into a, um, I think it was a it was a financing and then two mergers and then well he says like hey join this merger it's going to be fun I'm like okay great he's like you know what why don't you do the second merger it'll be fun it's a the first one's buy side this one's sell side you can see it from both angles and I'm like that sounds like a great idea um, that was not a great idea if you're a first year associate and you don't know ex- what you're doing at all do not be on a merger where it's just you and a senior associate um, step one is a bad <laughs> bad time and by the way Rob um, we have a it's fun jar for me. Cause I say that a lot, yeah. like this is going to be super fun guys. And everyone's just groaning at me like, all right, Tony, <laughs> what do we got? <laughs> yeah. Not, I, yeah. As soon as it's fun means run. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just drop the F for the R. Got it. Got it. But look, so, you know, you've obviously built a flourishing, you know, partnership relationship and you've now built, you know, hyperdraft as a toolbox for attorneys, you know, you tackle the tedious aspects of obviously being a lawyer. So, you know, hyperdraft is focusing on building, building tools to work the way lawyers and not only building tools for lawyers, but would use in practice. So Tony, would you like to explain further what Hyperdraft is and how it works in reality? Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, our quick elevator pitch is we're document generation coupled with AI to, to basically build these document generators that pump out documents that our clients are familiar with and that they use. One of the shortcomings we saw in the market was there was a low adoption of document generators because everybody had to use a standard form. And if you practice law, you realize that that's just not practical. Like you would have to learn somebody else's form. You're just way more accustomed to your own language and you you usually have a library or a database of that stuff. So really it was us trying to solve our own problems by saying, hey, you know, I'd love to use this document generator, but I've got like 15 of my own forms that I want to use and I don't want to have to relearn a whole new set of forms. Um, and that's how we set out to, to, to solve that problem. And, and that's what we did with building our, our first product, Hyperdraft. So 
that's that's what we currently do and and um yeah the 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 user reception has been awesome yeah i mean it's doing fantastically successful thus far and you know congratulations to what you've done as part of your journey so jace you know hyperdraft is obviously focusing on that document automation as, as tony was saying do you believe that sort of document automation can make practicing law more sustainable because we hear about a lot of the hours and and so forth and you jested a little bit earlier on the conversation so if so why uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, document automation is the only way to make the practice more sustainable. And I think, honestly, it might be a little hyperbolic, but it's the only way to make the practice survivable uh, going forward. Uh, just client demands are going higher and higher, billable hours. We just see like year over year, they're going up. Um, and especially this last couple of years with pandemic, just like mass um, resignations, just because it's not what people want. And it's just not, you know, really... Um, a good time for them. So I think document automation is the way to make it uh, move forward, you know, cut out the tedium, cut the, the useless hours that you don't need to be spending on that. And then you can focus on actually being a lawyer, doing the things you went to law school to do, to be an advisor, to be a counselor, um, and then also sleep, um, spend time with your loved ones. I, when, when I was going through the thick of it, I noticed um, after a couple really bad weeks, my sense of humor um, kind of like went away and I feel like my personality started to kind of just get really bland uh, because I just didn't have any mental capacity to like really do anything extra other than just kind of work. And then once like deals eased off, I kind of felt myself coming back into it. And I felt like I was a better colleague. I was a better lawyer. I could connect to clients better. Um, so I think document automation is the only way to make that happen and give lawyers that time back to be themselves to and, and be better lawyers as well. Um, honestly, if I had document automation solutions, if I had the stuff that Tony's building, still a little angry at him for holding out on me during <laughs> the, the really fun mergers. Um, but, you know, that's a different conversation. Um, but if I had the kind of tooling that we're building now, I would probably still be practicing. Yeah, I think you make such a good point in general about how tech is here to benefit, you know, to the overall well-being. It's here to be mm -hmm. of benefit. You know, there's a big worry. Oh, there's going to be robot lawyers and there's going to be nothing for us left to do and blah, blah, blah. No, this is a real complimentary. Like you say, this gives people the chance to reignite why they wanted to become a lawyer. You know, they can't be a robotic and just work 24-7 yep. and, you know, expected of that. It's not good for overall well-being and so it's great that you are creating solutions that are really going to help people not only professionally but also in their personal life so it's a really valuable thing that you're doing and, and tony back to you because you wrote an app you know norad you know taking commands through sms which sounds super cool <laughs> so would you say that contributed to your interest in document engineering yeah i mean Talk about a throwback, man. That was, that was, that was like... In 1924. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, do you guys remember what AOL Instant Messenger is? Uh, that's what we built, or what we, that's what I built it off of. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of it. It's it's really funny because when I, and, and how like experience always stacks up. So I always hear these people and, you know, we help people too, who are just lend a, a, a friendly ear to folks who are thinking about transitioning jobs, careers, all that stuff. And I, the, the thing I hear a lot of is like, oh man, I just, I feel like I wasted so much time doing this other job. I, I love seeing like skill stacking is what I call it. Like all of the skills that I've built up, no matter how stupid, right. In like high school, making stupid graphics that's the same skills that we use to make graphics for our current app and, and our marketing materials um just skill stacking over time has definitely helped me out and 
And the funny, funniest thing is when I became a lawyer, when I decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to practice law. I actually thought to myself, what a waste of time all those years spending learning about building enterprise software solutions. What a useless skill to have. And, you know, 10 years later, turn around, it's like, oh, all those skills I built up. Yeah, they're super relevant now. So, yes, <laughs> everything I've built, even video games, there's some concepts that we've built. And I like this is our competitive edge is like all of the experience that we've built up as a team it all gets applied, you know, from our CFO who's got experience in finance and all these other industries to me building stupid video games when I was a kid. All of those things go into our app and it adds a little bit of whimsy too. yeah, there is, um, you know, I'll share it with you guys. I don't actually haven't said this to anyone. So besides you and your listeners are the only ones to know there is a an Easter egg in Hyperdraft. There's a little mini video game in it. Uh, that I built when I was a kid that I decided to put in there as well as a, as a, as a fun Easter egg to find. So that's, I can't, that's nice I can't wait for that. That's different. So the Easter egg hunt is on in due course, but I think again, you make so many great points, Tony, you know, and I always talk to people about, you know, treat your career as stepping stones, you know, you're collecting experience along the way. Everything can help build to your overall profile and skill set. And I think you articulated so well, you know, how particularly from going from different experiences can help complement you throughout your career. So really, really thanks for sharing that. Time for a quick break from the show. Are you a legal aid practitioner in England and Wales, specializing in civil or criminal legal aid matters? If you are, this message is for you. As a legal aid solicitor, you don't have time to waste on legal aid case management software that doesn't work to your needs. That's why Clio has developed a quicker, more accurate and affordable solution for legal aid solicitors in England and Wales. It could save you hours in your month, particularly when it comes to end of month invoicing and claims to the legal aid agency. To see how it all works, visit clio.com forward slash UK forward slash legal aid. That's Clio, C-L-I-O dot com forward slash UK forward slash legal aid. Now back to the show. Jace, back to you, because you're obviously a first generation undergraduate. You're a law school graduate, highly successful, then went on to be an associate at Goodwin for a good year and a half. So, you know, what skills did you learn from being an associate and how have you utilized them with regards to working with Hyperdraft? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. I feel a lot better about myself now, actually. That was a that was a good <laughs> hype up there. Um, yeah, I think the biggest skill that I t- took from being an associate is just being um, learning to not necessarily be comfortable, but as comfortable as you can be with uncomfortable situations and not knowing what you're doing. Um, you know, not kind of like treading through college and law school for the first time in my family or the first in my family and then going into being an associate. I really didn't have like a good sense of what you know, I was going into, I had what people told me and most of them were like, yeah, don't be a lawyer. I'm like, great. That's super helpful. I'm already doing this and I'm already have the debt. So, you know, yeah, we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> but I think just learning to navigate those waters where you just, you're not sure what, um, what's coming next, what's on the horizon in deal work. You're like, if to your first deal, um, you don't know what each step of the process looks like. You have your task and, and then you do it and then you don't know what's going on beyond that. So being able to try to figure it out and be okay with that. Uh, to Tony's credit, he treated me more like a mid-level on our deals, um, probably to his sincere pain in trying to deal with a junior as a mid-level. Um, but I got a client, 
I was able to like interact more with clients and people who are like very high up in their companies and someone is coming in like at a junior level who's never had that kind of contact with people in these industries. That was, um, you know, a big uh, dark pool of like, I don't know how to interact with these people yet. I've never done that. So learning how to think on your feet and be able to handle that process is, I think, one of the big things you learn as an associate and just how to be self-reliant and figure it out. And then moving into a startup and, uh, you know, framework guess what? There is zero roadmap. Um, you, you do, I do not know what's happening day after day. I mean, I know what's happening, but I don't, you know, you never know what's going to come next. It's always a learning process. So just being able to navigate that and having those skills to be like, hey, you know what? I got this. I can figure it out whatever it gets thrown at you. I think that's a huge takeaway. Yeah, no. And thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I think it's such valuable for people listening in, in terms of careers and, you know, things to do and whether they can have that confidence to make it. So thank you so much for, for your insights. And Tony, you know, you've worked for some of the big law firms out there. You were working at Brian Cave, then Nixon Peabody and Goodwin as corporate IP attorney assist. Did all of that, I guess, help assist you in building Hyperdraft? Yeah, no, absolutely. All, all of that contributed. And I think, you know, when folks look at my resume or they look at my work history, they think like, ah, oh, you know, this guy's jumped around a lot. They might. Um, but it was all purposeful, right? I started this company years ago. It wasn't something we started on a whim. And a part of that was we need to do research about these institutions and these organizations to see if, if it's, if these are endemic problems, right? Problems that are in every single law firm for every type of lawyer, or is it just this one particular law firm and this one particular office? So working at big firms really taught me that, this sounds so cheesy, it's so, it's so much about the people that you work with that make the difference of whether or not something is a good experience or a bad experience. And so you're, you're like, well, what, what the heck does that have to do with the software? That's the point. Our business and when people get confused because the way we pitch it is like everybody thinks of us as a tech company, you know, supplanting lawyers or making them more efficient. The reality of it is we're here to service lawyers right at the end of the day and help them be happier and operate at a, at a higher level, at a, at a more streamlined level with with their colleagues and their clients. When people have more time to sleep, to think, to spend time on a matter when they're not just in the mire of like technical document editing and stupid stuff like that, there's there's so much happening. And then that gives people the need to connect with other other people. Um, so working at big institution institutions made real real life that, that it, it has so little to do with like whether whether the company has this tech or not, it's whether or not this company has the right people mix and has the right people mix plus the time mix. And so when we set off to build Hyperdraft, that's kind of our core focus is how do you build an experience for these these users that help emphasize those those aspects of the practice, right? Be more human and have more time. Um, so. I know that was a like a cheesy, high flutin answer, but I, it's it's I mean it. so important. You know, we're seeing just train changes in professionalism, 
the whole shift, you know, it's human to human, you know, we're all people at the end of the day. And I absolutely concur with what you say. And it's such an important point um, because, you know, everyone expects the lawyers to be so per perfect and know everything and be invincible. And that is not good for the overall well-being of lawyers. And let the tech do what it's there to do to remove all of that well-being and extra pressure and stress on having to be a perfectionist at every point. And I guess that leads nicely, Jason, to my next point around, you know, as legal tech inevitably comes more prevalent and you're at the forefront of this. How do you think it will continue to change the legal industry more broadly? Yeah, uh, I think it's going to just shift into junior folks um, getting more actual lawyering done earlier on in their career. So as we kind of, if you think about kind of the first things that legal tech is going to take over, it's not going to replace a lawyer. There's no way that's going to happen. You need to have that knowledge, that strategy. Um, that's what clients are paying for. That's what the value that they see in their lawyers um, and then all kind of the low hanging fruit that ends up being more junior associate work, that's going to start getting automated, which means, you know, you still, there still needs to be new lawyers going into the field. It means they're going to be doing real substantive legal work earlier on in their career. So I think it's going to lead to a, um, kind of a, a, a stronger, younger cohort of lawyers earlier on in their careers able to handle more complicated matters. And then I think it's just going to lead to a lot more, um, retention in the field. I think I, I'm going to throw out a, a I, I heard going through law school that, you know, the average legal career is about five years. Um, so hopefully that number will be going up because it is, it is a great profession to be in. It's just, it's currently, it's very painful. Um, so I think it's going to, you're going to have happier lawyers and it's going to be a more collegial experience. And that human interaction that Tony was talking about um, is going to be a lot better. Yeah. And it's something we're so passionate here on the Legally Speaking podcast for advocating for. So I'm really grateful to both of you for coming on and, and sort of highlighting that. And so, Tony, back to you. You both currently have a Fishbowl Live series where you give advice to attorneys. So would you like to tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, it's actually something that our, our head of marketing turned us on to, which is um, this platform called Fishbowl. And they give out anonymously, like we give out um, advice to, to attorneys that reach out to us. And it was really a way for us to give back to the community, but also, I mean, this is kind of why we're on your show, right? Like we, it's not so much to push the product as it is to share two things, which is one, like there are solutions out there. I, people are gonna hate me for this, especially my investors. <laughs> I don't care if you don't use Hyperdraft. I care that, you're not getting enough sleep and you're unhappy and you're depressed. Like that's the stuff that we're trying to solve for. And if it results in you not using hyperdraft, but using a different solution, I'm okay with that. Now we'd like to think we built a superior solution. So you, you can always drive, you know, the, the second tier car. That's perfectly okay. When you're, when you're, when you're ready to upgrade, you let us know. But, um, yeah, it, it's been super rewarding. And I mean, I've, I've been so far removed from like the more junior level work that I sometimes forget that pain. So when I talk about like staying up all night and, you know, pulling all nighters that that happened even, you know, as of the last law firm I was at. But there, there are things about being a junior and kind of waiting through. Your, your first few years of practice was really scary. And I forgot about it until these people like, ask me and just questions. And, and I'm, oh, oh man, my mind, mind 
of that time sleep, sleeping in my two, three days out of the week. Um, yeah. Well, what did I do to get out of that? I mean, I quit. I, <laughs> I, I took a different job, but you know, there were, were, were different ways that, you know, I used, you know, I, I, I was able to sustain that, that, that type of lifestyle for at least a little bit of time and, and, you know, recovery methods, stuff like that. So it's been super rewarding. And I mean, Jace, I won't speak for you, but like, how, how do you feel about the process or the, you know, the fishbowl experience? Yeah, I think it's been, I think kind of the, um, I'll do a lot of the moderating on these lives. And then, so I'll kind of get a lot of the direct messages and the questions from the audience and everyone is super appreciative of like, you know, uh, what we're doing on that. And then having like really genuine questions, like they want to be lawyers. Um, this is what they set out to do, but it's just like the industry just kind of being what they expected it to. And it's not, it's not treating them nicely to, to be honest. Um, so I think just seeing that feedback and then people being appreciative about the, um, uh, kind of like what we're doing and then being able to give some advice from our experience to kind of like help shape the industry and hopefully push it in a better direction. Um, I think is, is, is very rewarding. Um, I think that these lives have been great. Um, and it's really good to just kind of like reach out to the broader uh, legal industry as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you know, you've done a wonderful job of articulating there how you are helping and with a real purpose. And I think that's super important. And so sticking with you, Jace, you know, both of you are practitioners in the US. You know, what advice would you give to those perhaps looking to break into the US legal market? Was there anything you wish you had known perhaps at the beginning of your legal journey that you know now? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say for breaking into the U.S. market, now is probably the best time as any to do so. Um, firms are really are really trying to hire as fast as possible. Um, it, it, it's a hot market. So if there was ever a time, it's to do it now. Um, I would, you know, basically just kind of look at, you know, transferable skills. I think um, data privacy is a huge way to break into U.S. market. Folks are need um, um Privacy attorneys, especially with GDPR, so a lot of these big firms are looking for GDPR experts, where you don't necessarily need to be like have a strong base in U.S. law, um, because obviously it's not a U.S. law. Um, so that's a good way to break in as well. Um, and then I would say it's also, you know, it probably isn't a bad idea if you get an offer. You can look at maybe a step down firm, get some experience there, and then you can go back up to a to a higher tier firm um, if you're looking as well. Uh, can I yeah. can I add something to, to this, Rob? On the yeah, please share your share your thoughts. Yeah, so the I get a lot of questions on this, and so I've 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 had to think through this, um, and I, I've had some friends who are from other countries that have tried to break into the market. So the two things I'll say are one, first and foremost, like don't try to become a U.S. law expert. Like I first off, there are there are attorneys in this country that are not experts. Right? Like, uh, uh, so I, I wouldn't do that. Um, mostly what these law firms are looking for when they're looking at candidates outside of the states, it's they're looking for um, the ability to learn quickly, right? Like any good attorney, learn quickly, be be independent, have good um, bedside manner. So the ability to, to, to talk to clients, um, both externally and internally, right? To also service partners and other other colleagues, um, and and then the second thing I would say is uh, really leverage your experience in your current jurisdiction, because a lot more deals are cross border 
we're always looking, like I was always looking for an expert in other, uh, you know, other jurisdictions in Australia and UK in, in, you know, EU. I was always looking for someone that I could give a ring to and just be like, Hey man, I got this stupid question on privacy or I got this stupid question on you know, local tax rules. Do we get hit here? And so actually leveraging your current expertise is, is a fantastic um, some sign of both the, the ability to, to own your skill. So like, it's, a, it's a value a lot of these, these law firms don't discount it. Yeah, I think that's super important advice. And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day as well, I'm a big advocate for having mentors and people that can help you at the start and throughout your journey. And so even, Tony, you mentioned, you know, around mentorship, uh, I think, earlier on. And it's so, so important, but really sage advice. And I thoroughly enjoyed learning more about Hyperdraft and what you're up to and where you're going. So, uh, Jace, if people want to follow or get in touch with you about anything we discussed today, what's the best way for them to, to contact you? Yeah, I think the most direct way is you can go to our website, hyperdraft.ai. You can submit a form um, submission. Uh, we are also on Twitter and LinkedIn, Instagram, and also now Facebook. Um, but I think if you want to get in touch with Tony or I directly, um, you can uh, send us a DM on LinkedIn. Uh, it's uh, super easy to find us there. Or you can also uh, shoot us an email. Uh, my email is jace at hyperdraft.ai, and uh, Tony's is tony at hyperdraft.ai. Yeah. And, and Tony, anything else you would like to say from, from your side or with regards to getting in touch with, with you guys? No, just, uh, yeah, we're, we're here and, and, uh, willing to help. So just let us know how we can be useful. Yeah. Well, thank you both so, so much, Tony and Jason. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Absolutely love what you're doing with Hyperdraft, not only to make change with the revolution of legal tech, but to really protect and nurture the next generation of talent coming through to make a happier, healthier legal workforce. So really, really appreciate you. Wishing you lots of continued success. But from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, over and out. This week's review comes from Maya from My Legal Career, the best legal podcast, five stars, varied and packed full of information. These podcasts by an incredible and diverse guest speakers provide so much value to both aspiring lawyers and the legal community in general. 10 out of 10. Maya, thank you so, so much for your kind words and review from all of us at the Legally Speaking Podcast. We appreciate you.